0: Hello, my dear friend. Today's story comes from this writing prompt. Science fiction is full of first contact stories, but is there such a thing as last contact? It was too late when the humans came. They were a young species still exploring outwards, vital and thriving. We were not. War had ravaged us in sickness and war once again until our population dwindled beyond the point of recovery. We struggled against that, of course. We used genetic manipulation and cloning in even more desperate measures. None succeeded. When the humans came, we were sinking into apathy. Only a few tens of us left. We had begun to discuss whether we should commit mass suicide or simply wait to fade away. And then the young species came in their clumsy ships, and they asked us why we were so few. We are becoming extinct, we told them. We have passed the point of recovery. It is custom to avoid the races that are dying. Once a species reaches the point of inevitable extinction, even war is suspended, and the fiercest enemy pulls back. The custom was born of plagues and poisons that could be carried forth from a dying world to afflict a healthy one, but it has the implacable weight of tradition now. After we are gone they will have waited for the prescribed period of quarantine and then there will be a fight for our world. Habitable worlds are few, and this is a good one, with plenty of free ground water and thriving vegetation. It is a bitter thing to be grateful for the custom that allows us to die in peace, but we are grateful. But the humans don't know that custom and they do not leave. They seem distraught when we tell them we are dying and, and, and try to offer their aid. But their technology is behind ours and it is too late when they realize that they can't save us though. They do something that bewilders us. They start frantically gathering information. Not our technology though they accept that when we offer it. But they go into abandoned records, carefully preserving them. They make copies of our books and record us talking about our history, singing our songs, describing the simplest things. Our food. Our games. Popular stories for children. Anything and everything that we are willing to share, they seem to want. We find it pleasant to talk about better times, the things the youngest of us only know from the elders, but we don't understand why they're so interested. Then they start to build things in our abandoned cities and by our sacred places. Never in them, but nearby and at every spaceport. Stone structures whose purpose we don't understand. I was one of the youngest, and I am still hale enough to go outside and look at the stone thing they are building in the town, where the last of us have gathered. It is tall, at least ten times the height of a human, five times my own height. When I look up at it, I see images of both the races, as well as many words in their language and ours, though they're hard for my failing eyes to read. What is it for? It's a monument. The nurse has become my attendant, we all have them now as age begins to rob us, rob us of our strength, lays her small hand gently on my forelimb, in what for humans is a comforting gesture. We make them, to help us remember the past. I don't understand that, so she shows me pictures, so many pictures, of buildings and of statues and of great slabs or spires or pyramids of stone, some have names written on them for remembrance or pictograms or even faces some are thousands of years old but still exist zealously protected by the unimaginably distant descendants of those who built them others she says sadly have been lost and she sounds as grieved over that loss as if they were living beings she mourns but what are they for i ask again still groping towards the deeper meaning my people do not keep records in this way, and never have, nor can I imagine my spirit aching for a lost stone tablet or statue. Perhaps it is because they are more reliant on sight than we are. My species first communicated by scent and then by sound, with sight always a distant third to us. Nor have we ever valued permanence. We resign ourselves to the necessity of forged metal and hardened ceramics for space flight. And we have a few stone buildings, but we always preferred wood for its scent and memory of life. They are, she hesitates, seeking the right words, they are for different purposes, but also all for the same purpose. Underneath, she touches a picture of a statue, ancient and damaged, yet clearly of a woman as human as the nurse beside me. We were here. We mattered. We lived. Do not forget us. She touches my forelimb again. We do not want you to disappear and be forgotten. We will remember you when you are gone. I think about that, all that night, looking up at the stars that we once traveled between. About an ancient species that lived always in the present, and a young species so determined to remember not only their own history, but ours. A young species that tends a dying one, with kindness and compassion that records our history and builds monuments to our memory. They don't know what will happen to this planet when we're gone. The fighting to take it for one species or another, the destruction of what is left of us to make way for someone new. That is how it has always been. But the humans are different. Maybe this can change too. There are only 14 of us left when I call the last Planetary Council together. Fourteen of a species that once numbered in billions. The Council had once had hundreds, but fourteen of us were still the Planetary Council, every dying member having nominated a younger being to take their place, until the last of us stood in command of an empty planet. We should invite the humans to live here, I tell the others, and I hear murmuring among the nurses who are gathered around us for several or too frail now to move without attendance. They sound surprised. That is not the custom, says the eldest remaining, an attenuated fragile thing of chitin so thin her pulsing organs show through. There will be a period of quarantine, and then a battle. That is how it has always been. Not always. Planets have been sold or taken by conquest or even settled in cooperation. I fold my forelimbs together carefully. My joints are stiff now. Now, we will create a new tradition. We will leave our world to the humans who have cared for us by bequest and death right. We are a planetary council. What we declare is law, is law within our own solar system. It has always been so. If we do not respect the sovereignty of other species in their home systems, what are we? Of course, war is different. The Olnithids will be furious. And we all chitter in pleasure at that thought. They were the ones who destroyed us and no doubt have only been waiting for us to die so they can take our planet. However, if we will it to the humans, the Olnithids will have to declare war on them and defeat them before they can lay any claim to this world. And the humans who have been so kind to a dying people can fight like things out of nightmare when they feel they must as more than one warlike species has learned to their cost the others agree and my nurse helps me to the old communications array that the humans maintain for us the last mandate of our planetary council goes out and it is this that if there are those willing to risk plagues and poisons and ill luck and tend the dying with kindness and compassion and preserve their memory Then the beings who have offered that last kindness may be named the heirs of the dying species. Keepers of memory, we name them, and preservers of history. And we leave them our planet for so long as we are remembered by them. They come to thank me, the captains of the two aid vessels that stayed to tend us and record our memories. And water flows from their eyes in their strange silent way of grief as they promise never to forget. The monuments and the records will be treasured as their own are, they say. And they will tell our stories to their own children, so they too remember. There are six of us left when the first colony ships come. We are old now. We are not a long-lived species. Not even so long as the humans, but we watch the colonists set to work. They study our planet, its ecosystems, and its biology, and the nurses tell us that it is the human custom to change themselves to fit the planet rather than to change the planet to fit them. They will engineer enzymes for their own digestive systems and adjust their own biology until they are comfortable here. For the first time, I, the last child of a dying race, hear children playing, and voices raised in song. It is a comfort, and I leave the windows open to listen. I am the last to die. When I am gone, they will do for me as they have done for the others, carrying my body out to the tomb they have built for us, laying me to rest with reverence. We do not preserve the bodies of our dead, but we agreed to this, to let them remember us in the tradition of their own people. I am the last of my kind. But I will not die alone, nor unloved. The humans will be happy on our world, or so I hope. They will settle it and adapt it, and it will change under their hands as it changed under ours. But I believe that they will keep our bargain with us. Their records, their monuments, their images of us remind them who we were. Because of them, we will not entirely disappear. We were here, we mattered, we lived. They will not forget.